Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. on some technical difficulties we have if you don't know already we have the best production team ever in the business ever ever it is hard enough for these young people to do what they do praise God but they do it with excellence and they do it as unto the Lord can I get an amen 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 good stuff well I'm on my second cup of coffee so I'm feeling good yeah Plus, I have Jesus, so I'm, like, ready to, like, take off. Yes, 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 yes. So it's Valentine's Day, so we thought, hey, what better time to do a coffee date Sunday? Coffee date Sunday. If you guys don't know, my name is Pastor John R. Butcher Sr., and this is my beautiful bride. Kaya. Pastor, Pastora Kaya. And today is Valentine's Day. Yes, it is. Is anybody excited about that? Is Okay, that was an opportunity for some of you uh, men up here to be a little bit more excited. Hello? But, you know, before... Okay, is there any men that are excited about Valentine's Day? Yeah. Four of you. Yeah, there was well, three. I'm happy for you. I'm Praise happy for God. your wives. Well, the just, four of just, you. I would be a, 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 in, in trouble, in honestly, trouble? in trouble, if I didn't first recognize somebody okay. who was the Valentine of my life. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk... Let's, let's talk about my beautiful bride. Okay. And I just wanted to let you know that I love you so much. And I wanted to give you just a little bit of something and a token of my appreciation of our love. Are you going to sing? Which is right here. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, you can, we can. Here, here, give it 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 here. Okay. Give it here, give it here. I'm just going to put this back here like this. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Lionel. appreciate that. Thank you so much, Pastor Husband. You're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And you have to put your coffee on your side because we're on mine. Now, look, we're just going to get comfortable. We need a bigger table. Because if you guys don't know, first of all. Happy coffee date. Happy Sunday. coffee date Sunday. Yes. Amen. And you guys, um, you guys really know what Valentine's Day is all about? You, you guys should know? tell us. You guys know what it's all about? Okay, listen, you guys, I'm just going to sit here and look at you the same way you're looking at me. <laughs> right? You guys are just sitting here like. Okay, tell us some history about Valentine's Day. I love, okay, hold on. First of all, the R in his name stands for random. But the thing is, the interesting thing is he, has, he knows a lot of random facts. So it's like random stuff where he like knows the history of like toffee. I mean, like it's like so random. So why don't you talk about Valentine's Day and how it came to be? Okay, I'm going to talk about it yeah. since you asked. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for the one person that really wants to know. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, first of all, is a very uh, sexist. Uh, is, he, is he complaining? I feel like he's complaining already. It's all about men. Men are, have to go out and get gifts for their wives. What's wrong? We don't have to. You, you get to. We get to. You get to. Oh. Hello. You get to. <laughs> Well, really, to be honest with you guys, no. Um, 
let's talk about, and I just want to give you some, some little bit of information. I'm going to give it to you there, Deacon Sean, yeah. just so that you know. Everybody else, Valentine's, so you guys understand. Listen, approximately 250 years after the birth of Jesus, there was a priest named Valentine, and he lived during the Roman Empire during the, uh, the time of Emperor Claudius. And, and he was committed, Emperor Claudius was committed to rebuilding the Roman kingdom during that time. However, Claudius believed it was important for men to volunteer for armed services rather than drafting men into service at their will. So what he wanted to do is he wanted men to be like, what's, what's the word? Yeah, you, I had a stroke. So there's, there's men want to volunteer. They, they, they want to be patriots. They, you know, people that would fight for their country would volunteer. And that's what Claudius wanted. And, and because Claudius wanted men to do that, he told, you know, we try to get them to come and be part of the military. But if you give most young men a choice during these or during those times, most men wouldn't join the military. Why? Because men wanted to be married during this time. So rather at staying at home with their wives, they wanted to Netflix and chill. They wanted to Netflix and chill. Seems kind of familiar. Well, anyway, Claudius came to believe that only single men would, uh, would serve, so he issued a royal edict that banned all further marriages during this time. He actually outlawed weddings in the Roman Empire, earning himself the nickname Claudius the Cruel. Ooh, yeah. So Valentine thought it was a ridiculous law, and one of his favorite duties as a priest was to marry people. So after Emperor Claudius passed this law, Valentine secretly continued performing marriages in marriage ceremonies. He would whisper words of the ceremonies. He's like, till death do us part for sickness and in Underground hell. marriages. Yeah, he was doing underground marriages. Wow. While he was doing these marriages, he was listening for the soldiers because the soldiers were going out and they were arresting people that were trying to get married. Hmm. And he always would do these marriages outside um, on, on his porch in, in, his, in the steps of his house. And one night, one night, Valentine did hear footsteps at his door. And the couple that he, was a, that he was marrying actually had to flee and run. But Valentine himself was caught, captured by the Roman soldiers, and he was thrown in jail. Wow. And he was sentenced to death. Wow. Just for going against the law. Sounds kind of seems like what's going on nowadays for Christians. When the law didn't honor God. When the law didn't honor God. When the law didn't honor the marriage. It didn't matter, honor the marriage. So, so what ended up happening with Valentine is he ended up going to prison. And while he was in prison, so many people would go and they'd walk by his jail cell and they would throw flowers and notes to him while he was awaiting his, his, um, his, his, him, for him to be executed. And while he was walking, while people would walk by, they would tell him how much they loved him. And then one day, they allowed his daughter to come see him. And she would come in, and they would sit down, and they would talk. And she, she really uh, encouraged her father about everything he was do doing and saying, listen, Dad, you got, you, what you were doing was right. You were, being, you were honoring the Lord. You were honoring love. And you're about to die, but it's okay, Dad. So on the day of his death, his uh, Valentine wrote a letter to his daughter before he was on his way, wrote a letter to his daughter that said this, I love you always, 
your Valentine. And he died that day. Now listen, this is very, very encouraging. That note started the custom of exchanging love notes on Valentine's Day. It was written on the day he died, February 14th. 269 A.D., a day that was set aside to honor a man who gave his life for God and for love. Now, every year on this day, people remember St. Valentine, but most importantly, they think about love. Everybody loves love. Amen? What We all want to be loved, and we all want to love somebody, but the problem is our love is lacking, Mm -hmm. just like we are lacking. Our love is often based upon our own moods, amen, our, our loved one's moods, their actions, their appearances, our attitudes. When it comes to love, all of us fall short, don't we? Yeah, that's true. And I love that story about St. Valentine because it shows us the picture of someone that thought it worthy to give them lo- their lives for the sake of love mm-hmm. and for the sake of marriage. And honestly, everything about God is about love and it's about marriage. And I believe there's so much there about laying down your life for the sake of love and for the sake of marriage. Amen. Yeah. And you know what? This is February. It's Black History Month. So I think this is a great time to tell this story about the lovings. Tell them the story about the lovings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, what we want to do, let's, let's go with the scripture. To the theme scripture. Okay, let's go to the theme scripture, which is Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 6 through 17. 6 through 7. Sorry. Um, it says, set me as a seal upon yes. your heart. I'll read it for you. Okay. First of all, grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Okay. We have a sky Bible up here, but yes. I want everybody to look at your Bibles. Amen. Okay. Amen. When you got it, say amen. 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 All right. And I'll read it for you. And it says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death. It is jealously unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. Dude, to describe love like that, it makes love sound so passionate and so fiery. And that's why it's so worthy of sacrifice. And so the, the, the theme scripture about Song of Solomon, it's a story about two lovers that are writing poems to each other. And they're going through all kind of chaos and they're going through all kind of stuff. And all they want to do is just be together. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I said, like it's Black History Month. Let's talk about, tell them the story about the lovings. Yeah, we want to talk about Black History Month and we want to honor this this beautiful picture that we see here about the lovings. Some of you guys have heard about the lovings. Um, uh, this is about an interracial couple that, ha- that were married to each other back in 1958, yeah. back during the Jim, Crow, uh, the Jim Crow laws that were going on back in the South. Um, it happened to be not too far away from where my father grew up in, during this time in the, in the 50s uh, when a black man or a person of color yeah could not even look at a person that not color. And yeah. you guys understand what I'm saying. Right. I'm trying to set this ground uh, of, of what it looks like to be in love with somebody yeah. despite of what they look like or what ethnic, ethnicity they are or yeah. what their heritage is. So the Lovings themselves, this is a beautiful story about Mildred and Richard Lovings. 
There's a movie out, by the way. You guys yeah. can watch that. And we today. have a picture, too. We can Netflix and chill that later on today. <laughs> Amen. So we have to look at them. And, and, and a couple that stood against the fire, the flames, and the flood of every obstacle that kept them from being together. together. Yeah. In 1958, the couple themselves, that, which was a black woman and a white man, gentlemen, they were to be married, but they couldn't get married in Virginia. So they drove up to Washington, D.C., and they decided to get married um, to uh, escape the uh, Virginia's Racial Integrity Act of 1924, which made marriages between whites and non-whites a crime. You guys catch that? A few weeks after they returned to Central Point, Virginia, local police raided their home. In the early morning hours of July 11th, 1958, hoping to find them having sex. Come on, y'all. This is a married couple. The police came in for a raid. They weren't looking for dope. They weren't looking for anything else. They was come. They was hoping they to find for them. Love. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they came in and they they came in and they found them. They didn't catch them having sex, but they found them in the bed together which was enough to actually convict them. So as they were in the bed and the police came and arrested them, um, Mildred looked and she says, look, we're married. My, my license is up on the wall. And the police told him, it doesn't matter. That your marriage license doesn't hold any validation here in Virginia. Virginia. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was they took them and they put them in the jail. And, and sub- subsequently, they were tried, they were convicted, and they were thrown in jail. Yeah. For one year, sentenced one year. Just for loving each other. Just for loving each other. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to just, let's just talk about, we're talking about them being, being tried by the law, but what about their friends? Yeah. What about true. people around them didn't agree? What about their parents? Yeah, opposition. Everything that they went through just to be together. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much love that, that, that kept them together, but the love didn't separate them it was their love that kept them together even a year later yeah but eventually this couple after a year they ended up taking this whole matter to the supreme court for a long time and it 10 years later they they appealed their their decision and the supreme court basically told them look you're right you can be married and they said yes two people love wins holy matrimony wins love fights and love will always win. And so the title of today's message is Love Fights and Love Wins. Let's talk about real love today. Um, If any of you guys follow us on Coffee Date Mondays, we talk about a big array of things. And today we really want to talk about how love fights. But love doesn't just fight. Love wins. Because we all know stories about people that fall. But everybody that fight don't necessarily win. But we're talking about the fact that not only does love fight, but love wins. And so we're going to talk about um, true cases of love today. Um, and the, the thing is that, honestly, I've never seen a real case of true love where there hasn't been some opposition, where there hasn't been struggle, where there hasn't been sacrifice, where there hasn't been a prayer, where it's like, I don't think we're going to make it, honestly. I've seen my husband who loves me, I've seen him sacrifice for me time and time again. Yeah. And not only that, but I've also seen him fight for what we have, because what we have, honestly, is real, true love. And there was a lot of things at the beginning of our marriage that was hard. We had a lot of opposition. We had a lot of struggles. We had a lot of things to get over. Honestly, it was struggles. There was obviously obstacles. There was opposition. Mm -hmm. And honestly, there was prayers of, Lord, help us, because I don't think we're going to make it. Mm -hmm. 
There was lots of things that surrounded us. And I was, honestly, I feel like it's important to notice that there's a lot of opposition that comes with love. Because who is God? God is love. And I believe that it's not strange that there's a lot of things that happened uh, that surrounded our marriage that tried to keep us from being together. And honestly, I feel like not only should, do we have to, there comes a time that we have to fight for one another, but there's times that we have to fight in one another's honor too. And there's this story. I'm not very proud of the story, you guys, but, you know, pastor have told the story a couple of times. So I'm just going to tell you guys my business also. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget. We were at Universal Studios one time, you guys. People, a sea of people everywhere, you guys. People were everything, were everywhere. I was holding my daughter's hand who, how old was she at that time? Do you remember? I think about seven or eight. Okay. I remember her just being small. I feel like she was three. Because I feel like every time I, t I tell the story, next time I tell the story, she might be 18 months. I don't know. But I just remember her being small. And there was a sea of people. We were on this, trying to go into this, to the Shrek experience, where it's like a big theater room, and then they open the door, and then everybody rushes inside, right? There's no line. There's no form. Well, anyway, I'm holding my daughter's hand, and we're, the door's open. We go in, and this man, like pushes my daughter to the side to try to get in front of her. And I was like, and I remember saying something to him and he said something so bad to me. All I felt was like, all I need to do is catch the gaze of my husband. And I did. He was, we were separated by like 30 people, but I looked up, looked at him. I looked at John, I gave him the gaze and I pointed at the dude that did the crime. And I said, fair Punch him in the face. That's what I said. I did. I'm not proud about it, but the mama bear in me was like, oh, I'm about to do something. Oh, you're going to push my daughter and you're going to call me a name? Oh, we're going to settle this right now. Judge and jury. Bear, punch him in the face. And I will never forget. Pastor John had not a clue what was going on. He was like 30 people behind us, but he didn't care. He didn't care. All he knows is I looked at him, he looked at me, and I was like, Bear, that dude right there, punch him in the face. He didn't need to know the story. He went after dude like, <sighs> yeah. and I'm telling you, I think I may have pulled his shirt a little bit. I don't know. But there was something about a man that will fight for my honor. It just did something to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to fight for Jesus. It's another thing to fight for marriage. But when he turns around and fights for me, y'all. Sometimes he has to fight for his bride. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> Get back to your notes. Yes. Get back to your notes. Yes. So Song of Solomon was a series of poems. They went through interruptions. They went through violence. They went through tribulation. There was all kind of things that were happening to them, but their resolve was always the same. I will find my way back to you. I, you will find your way back into my arms again. I won't stop until you are in my bosom again. Like, that's what I love about Song of Solomon because they're just like, there's no holes bars. I mean, like, they be talking about all kinds. They take it there. Why? Because love is passionate that way. Where they don't, they don't, they don't pity pat things. They don't just stay on the surface. They're like, dude, I love you. And there's nothing more powerful than two lovers who, whose eyes, mind, and soul wants nothing more than just to be together. It's almost like there's this inherent inside GPS that will literally retrace you, retrack you, reroute you until your hearts meet again. 
over and over again, rerouting us. And when I read this scripture, and when Pastor Reed read that scripture in Song of Solomon, I didn't see the fat cherub. I didn't see the fat cherub with the heart throwing little arrows of hearts at people. What I saw was a boxer in the ring, like that day when Pastor John was going through all those people and he was going to the, to the criminal, to the violent man. That's what I see. I see a boxer in a ring that's bruised and bloody and his face is twisted up and is deep in determination to not just fight, but to fight and to win. That's what I see love. That's how I see love in the Song of Solomon. The title of today's message is A Love That Fights and a love that wins. Do you want to read the scripture again? I'll read it. I feel like I went like I, I went to the frontage road, then I came back on the freeway, then I it's the coffee, went to the corner it's store. It's the coffee. Yes. Read the scripture again. Let's get back on, to on topic. But y'all made me, she, she made me look bad. I just want to let y'all. No, I, he did a crime. It could have been a karate man that I was about to fight. Y'all. <laughs> karate man. I didn't know. You were going to win. You were going to win. Yeah, I was, to be honest. I was going to win. Yeah. Song of Solomon 8, 7, 6 through 7. Place me li like a seal over your heart, yes. like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. Yes. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If one were to give all the wealth of one's house for love, it would be utterly scorned. What does it mean for love to be compared and described in this way? Not many times do we see love and death hand in hand like that. But love in the scripture is being compared to death. And let me tell you, there's nothing more final. There's nothing that deserves more respect and reverence, honestly, on this earth like death. Nothing can suck the room and leave it void of joy like death. We can laugh, we can talk, we can hee-haw, we can talk, tell the funniest stories, and we can all be full of joy. But the moment somebody comes in and said, so-and-so died, we all take the same posture, almost like in unison. We go, oh. Because when we speak of death, there's respect it. There's respect placed on that because there's no coming back from that. Right. There's nothing heavier than that. There's nothing more final than that. And then in this scripture, we're hearing that, wait a minute, but love. Nothing on this earth is strong enough, big enough, riveting enough to be compared to death except for love. Love, love is stronger than death. Love can be compared to death. Love can overcome death. Love is the boxer in the ring, bloody and beautiful, bruised up with a face that's twisted up in deep determination saying, not only will I fight for you, but I will win over death. Love is more final than death. It's more passionate than the most potent fire, able to charge through any circumstances, any barrier that stands in its way. Why? Because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And guess what? Love never fails because love fights and love wins. And the only way we can allow love to be lessened in our lives and in our stories is when we lessen it to a one-sentence definition given to us in the Webster Dictionary. Love is so much greater than that. Love is so much stronger than that. Yeah. Amen? That, amen. I, I just, just listening to what you're saying, honey, is that we give more reverence to death yeah. than we do with love. Yeah. We, 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 you know, praise God, and I thank God for the generals that are, you know, Ravi Zacharias, and he's passed on, and then just, just recently, uh, uh, Dr. Price, that just, 
passed on. Apostle Price had just passed on. And so many people are, are talking about his death. But what about the love that he had for the Lord? We should be talking more about the love than the grave, if you understand what I'm saying. That's why Paul said, he says, oh, grave, where is thy victory? And my death, where is thy sting? Yeah. We, we have to understand that there is something that is greater than love. I mean, greater than death. There is love. love. Yes. Yes. Come on, you guys. We, we, we need to get our mind more uh, focused on heavenly things than on these earthly things. Yeah, that's right. Because there's things that are going to get buried into the ground, but there's something that's going to be resurrected. Come on. And it's which is going to be our love. Yes. Because of our love. Because of our love. Praise God. Now, listen, you guys. We've been talking about a relentless kind of love. Yeah. A love that, that fights and a love that, that wins. And but you guys know that there is a love out here right now that cannot be compared to any other kind of love. Yeah. And I want to I want to explain this to you with my just something that I've learned as I was growing up. There was a song by a rapper named KRS-One. Okay. OK, some of y'all know who he is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So there was God KRS-One and the name of the song was Love's Gonna Get You. Love's Gonna Get You. Love's Gonna Get You. Love's gonna get you. And, and he starts off with the song. He goes, he says, I, 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 I love my car. I love that girl. I, I love the clothes that I wear. I love, but do you guys realize, listen, we use the word love way wrong in the English language. We see the word love, L-O-V. It's a four-letter letter word, but we try to, to say to everything yeah. like you said i love my car i love I, I i love puerto rican food i i love the salsa i love monfongo i, I you get you get yeah, what i'm saying get it. so i love this but what is what love what does it really mean because we sit down we talk about how we love somebody but we don't really love them we might just be infatuated with them or we might be impressed with them. Yeah. I love the 49ers, but I'm not going to die for the 49ers. Nope. Come on, somebody. I want to just give you some teaching just so you will understand that under that word in English word, yeah. love, there's, there's different many types. different meanings and yeah. types of quote unquote love. Right. There is a worldly love that this word, well, you know, love, 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 everybody loves Love is for everybody. Love, there's no bounds to love. Yes, there is. Because we, we subscribe the word love to, uh, to God and we're talking about shoes or we're talking about people. And then, you know, but love will never fail. Yeah. But we're going to look at some of these, these definitions. And I know people will sit down and they'll tell you as you look in the Bible, it says, well, in the Bible, there's only four types of love, you know, actually. Well, really, there's seven. And we're going to talk about this. So let's, let's look at the, some of the definitions. The first one that we talk about is eros. Eros is a romantic love. Eros means, a, 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 it means romantic or sexual. It is a usual, it's where the term erotic comes from. Okay? It's filled with passion, intimacy, and all stemming from the beauty of a, of a romantic uh, relationship between a man and a woman. I'm, I, I wanted to say with the man and the woman. This is beyond physical beauty since this kind of love makes a person and everything about them beautiful and mesmerizing 
in our eyes. Yes. That's what the eros love is. And there's a different type of love called the philia love, which is a friendly love. That's where the 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 city the Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right. because it's a brotherly love. It's a love that friends have between one another. Um, it's a love that you have for your mentor, for your team, for your community. So that so that love philia is a, a brotherly love. Right. And then the next is ludus. It's a playful kind of love. Those are the kind of love that when you have butterflies in your stomach when you meet somebody. Amen. Some of you singles out here understand what I'm saying. It's defined as sport or play. It's all about having fun. It exists among young people in modern dating during these times. It's infatuation. It's on, on a different level. It describes a feeling of being uh, jubilant and maybe high, that kind of a feeling you get with somebody when you're with them. It's not love as... It's like a, I'm smitten. Yeah, it's like I'm smitten. smitten. I, you yeah. know, it's a playful kind yeah. of love. So and that's then, what the ludus is. Yeah, and then there's pragma, which is an enduring love, which is what we see when, like, a 90-year-old couple is out holding hands or they're on an ice cream date, and we say, oh, I love love that kind of love. It's an enduring love because how many know things change on the body? Gravity. Gravity comes and then like hair is not looking the same because I'm missing some strands. Because arrows, now the arrows is gone. Yeah, and I'm not looking quite the same. So there is an enduring love. It doesn't matter what you sound like because you stuttering and you're using the wrong words when you My might be as big as biceps they used to be. not as big but we have a pragma an enduring kind of love Come like, on. yeah like what jim and keiko have they yes. have a pragma enduring yes. love yes yes hallelujah yes praise god and and, and and you know you have to talk about that because we have a lot of young people here and you don't realize that when when you get married and 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 I'm, you know, there's people here that have been married over 30-something years. And when you marry somebody at, at a young age, and, and at, you, people say the wife of my youth, I, I go back and I look at just with my wife, you know, we're 17 years, and I looked at some pictures yesterday, and I'm like, man, I really look young. And then I look at myself now, and I'm like, I've gained a little bit of age here, and I've lost some hair. But the love, that pragma love is the kind of love that goes beyond a physical beauty. The surface. It goes beyond the surface. And we need that in our marriage. We need you that. You better have it before you say I do. Love. Oh, come on, somebody. That enduring love. Yeah. And we, now, and you guys help me out here. It is the flute. Philatia? Okay. Say it for me. I don't know. Philatia? I don't know. Philatia. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds like tilapia. It sounds like Phil Tilapia. All right. Okay. This kind of love is a self-love. Now, we're going to talk about this just real briefly, but we have to understand. Without it, we may have a hard time accepting other people's love and affection yeah. because we don't see ourselves yeah. as being lovable. Yeah. That's a problem that a lot of us have. You know, the Bible tells us, it says... Love your neighbor as you love yourself. As you love yourself. Yeah. So many people have no problem loving other people, but mm -hmm. they don't have a problem with loving themselves. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem yeah. that we have is learning how to love ourselves. We should be able to love others, but we also, he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. You can't really love on somebody else unless you really love yourself that's and know right. who, who you are. So that form of love is very important. So that's the kind of love that we, we need to know is that self-love. Yeah, and then there's storge, mm -hmm. which is a familial love. 
a, a love of family. Yes. Um, it's a natural love that you're born into. You don't remember the day that you started loving your brother or the day you started loving your sister. It was just always there. And I don't know about you guys, but I go to family reunions and I'm like, oh, honey, this is so-and-so. This is your cousin. And you're like, cousin, I love you. Why? Because you're my family. Like, so, so Storge is like a family love. It's like, you say you're my family? Great. I love you because we're family. So that's uh, Storge love. Yes. And the, the, less, the last love that we talk about yes. right here is the very uh, important love, and that is agape. Yes, the highest form of the love. The highest form. It is unconditional love. It's the highest form of love. It is pure and all-consuming. It is often referred to the love of God for man and man for God. It's also likened to the love of a mother for her child because this kind of love has no boundaries. It has no restrictions. With agape, one loves without ifs, ands, or buts. One has a heart for all humanity and is kind and compassionate towards others without asking for anything in return. It is selfless. It is overflowing. It is constant despite others' weaknesses, flaws, and mistakes. Agape is the ultimate goal of relationships because to love unconditionally means to accept fully without judgment and hesitation. That's good. That's the highest form of that love. That is the highest form of love. Yes. That is the love that will outlast any other love. That's right. And, and as when we talk about agape love, it makes me think about a, a, a story in the Bible, um, in, in the book of Hosea, as a matter of fact, um, it talks about the prophet Hosea. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but if you guys will go and read later on, we talk about the prophet Hosea, and God had called Hosea to marry a woman named Gomer. Can we talk for a minute need, about Gomer? We need a Selah moment just yes. for her name. Gomer. Like, when somebody says, I got this lady I want you to meet. Oh, what's her name? Gomer. Yeah, and then she comes in, she's like, hi, Sarge. You're like, Gomer, how you doing? And she's like, I'm just out here. Yeah. yeah. I'm just out here in these streets. It's like, that's who she was. She was just out here in hey, these streets. Hey, Gomer, how you doing, Gomer? Gomer. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. the, Lord, the Lord picked an interesting one with that one. Yeah. And I, I want I, you to marry Gomer. It, and the funny thing for me is, is that nobody out here, who remembers Gomer Powell? Oh, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. You remember, a Gomer Pile, that was a nickname for somebody that was slow. He was a Gomer Pile. So when you start thinking about Gomer Pile, it's like, hey, Sarge, not to say, Sarge. Gomer. Now, we're, now let, just can't get right. You can't get right, okay? Can't but get you got right. to see that Gomer was, look, first of all, let's look at Hosea. Hosea was a man of God. He was a prophet. He was God he honored spoken. God. He honored God. He loved God. And God had a uh, um, Hosea to marry Gomer, Gomer and they had children together and then eventually what happened with Gomer was Gomer wasn't satisfied with the relationship that she had with her husband and she would go off listening to my words she would go off a whoring the streets were calling her the streets were calling her to be with other like, men fornication Gomer, come back out here in these streets come on she had a faithful Man of God, somebody that loved her immensely, unconditionally, unconditionally, yes. but she would go out and fornicate, cheat on her man of God. He was a provider. He had a home for her. 
He loved her unconditionally. And she would, listen, not once, not twice, but many times she would go out over and over again. And listen, and give herself up to these other men. It wasn't that she was out trying to get money and make money for the family. She was giving out stuff that didn't even belong to her. Giving up herself. Breaking covenant. Breaking covenant. Giving herself up to other men. But he loved her so much. And God would look at, 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 at uh, Hosea and say, listen, I need you to go out and get your wife. And guess what? Then all of a sudden, God had told Hosea, listen, go get your wife out there in these streets. And Hosea would look at his children. Mm, go get your mom. Go get your mother. Mm. Go get your mom out in these streets. I need you to see that this whole story is a picture of God's love for his people. Hosea was a picture of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. who was in love with his bride, the church. And every time the church would get, so they'd be so in love with the husband, the one that provides for them, the, the one that would, would love on us. We would be called to go out and be a hoarding into idolatry yeah. with those other men, other people, other yeah. idols yeah. in our lives. And God said, listen, Jesus goes, go and get my bride. You know who the children are? It's the church. Jesus is sending the children going out into the communities to bring his bride back to him, to be in his bosom, because that's the kind of love that God had, an unconditional love, an agape love, the love that God had through Jesus Christ, through his church. And he would constantly go, come here, get her, get her, bring her back, bring her back, bring her back. And and, and the thing is, if you guys go out and, and listen to the story, you read the story, over and over and over again, she would be unfaithful. She'd continue to go back to the streets. But guess what? Jesus Christ was married, and he's a God of covenant. covenant. And, he re- and, he, and he said, listen, despite of, of your, your eye adultery, I'm here for you. Yeah. Just come back. Home. Yeah. And I imagine every time Gomer, because I like to be imaginative when I read the word of God. And I, rem- I imagine Gomer coming back home that day each time she'd come back home and what it was like for Hosea. And I believe it, that was the essence of Ephesians chapter five. He'd wash her with the word of God. Ooh, yeah. I believe there was things that he'd have to silence in himself and speak the word of God over her. You are perfect. You are whole. You are flawless. And I'm presenting you to myself as a bride without spot or wrinkle. It's almost like he had to do that Come for on. himself. He had to wash away wash. all the traces and trails of the word world this and where good. other men has touched her and yes, where other yes. men has violated, violated. Or, or been in places where they didn't belong. But yes. he would wash her in the word wash and then her. he would present her to himself. To and himself. that is just such the perfect picture of Ephesians 5. And that's the perfect picture of a love that fights and a love that wins. Wow, that's definitely, that is some good stuff. So we're going to go to um, 1 John chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. You going to read that? Sure. 1 John 4, 8 through 10. And it reads this. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Mm-hmm. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, 
not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Yes. And we're going to close with this, um, Atira, but our prayer today is that we gave you a different perspective and a different image of love because the world tries to sell us something that's not real. The love tries to sell us something that's fake and it has no power and it has no intentions whatsoever to fight for you or to win you. But a love that the Father wants us to possess and wants us to have is a love that fights and a love that wins and a love that endures all things. Whatever you thought love was, let me assure you today that our God who is love, according to 1 John 4, is bigger, more determined to bust down any wall, climb up any mountain, overcome any obstacle, reach in and pull you out of any generational curse to ensure that you find your home back into his arms again. And guess what? He who is love, he never fails. The love that I have for John, and I love him. I love this man. But the love that I have for you is bound to this earth. When I leave this earth, the love that I have for you, I leave behind. And the same for you. There may be traces of our love and our children and the things that we do, but the love that we have for one another is bound to this earth. So it has boundaries to it. It has only places and there's so much, pl- so much power that it has and so many different ways and different levels that it can reach. It's only for here. When you read in the Bible, Jesus said the marriage is for the earth. So I love him and believe me, I believe that I love him and the highest and the most that I could possibly love him. But this love is for this earth. When I leave this earth, I pray that I have a love that can carry me on to the next level. And that's that enduring love, that agape love, that unconditional love. And let me tell you, the love that God has for us and us, we have for him is the agape. In the beginning, in the beginning, we read in Genesis, God created a beautiful table. I believe in the beginning in Genesis, maybe it was Valentine's Day for God. And I believe that he set a beautiful table and it was romantic and it was beautiful and it was lovely and it was in the form of a garden. I believe every flower that could have been smelled was there, every tropical color that God could imagine with his most creative self, it was all there. And he presented it to his love and he says, this is for you. My beloved, I am your lover forever, and this is what I present to you. We do it all the time. When we present flowers to one another, we prepare a dinner for one another, and we say, it's because I love you. God did that in Genesis. He says, I'll create a beautiful garden, but guess what? Because of sin, that came between us. But I believe that if we envision this garden, this love that God has for us, it looks like Jesus. Jesus is the agape. Jesus is the garden. Jesus is the place where God can come and nourish us and we can respond to him in Jesus. We live, we move, we have our being in the agape of the Father, in the garden that's been prepared that can never be taken away. What can separate us from the love of God? Can life, can death? No, nothing can separate us from this love of God that we have. It's all given to us in Jesus. If agape can be translated to anything visual, it would be a beautiful garden and that beautiful garden whose name would be Jesus. Agape is the highest form of love. Many people can say, I've seen the Statue of Liberty. I've seen the Empire State Building. I've seen Mount Everest, but not everybody can say I've reached the peak or the top of it. 
Many people can say that they experience love and they know what it looks like and they know what it, it feels like. And many people have said, I've looked upon love, but who can say I've reached the highest form, the agape of love? Not many. Because you know what? Agape, true love, it costs you something. And the world will tell you just settle for the counterfeit. Settle for the fake things. Settle for the knockoff. If my husband tells me he bought, he bought a Michael Kors bag for $30, I am going to be suspicious. Because the real thing, the authenticated thing, it's going to cost you something. So if the love that you have and the love they have for you, if it had cost them nothing, if they haven't fought for it, if they haven't prayed for it, if they haven't sacrificed for it, if they haven't overcome obstacles and things that's gotten their way, if they haven't overcome anything for it, guess what? It's probably fake. God's saying, I'm the agape. And I've prepared a beautiful garden, a place where we're going to meet and we're going to walk in the cool of the day. And his name is Jesus. And if you abide in him and he abides in you, you ask whatever you want from the Father and it's going to be given to you. Because if you meet me in the garden, we can commune together. You'll be in my arms again. I'll meet you at the garden of Jesus Christ. For him to experience his bride and for us to fully experience him in this new garden that can now never be taken away from us. We reach the top, the pinnacle, the peak of the agape love. We reach the agape in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I know that just makes me think of what you're saying is John 3.16. For God so loved. So loved. Let's, let's just stop right there. For God so loved, so loved the world that he gave. That he, gave. he presented. He His prepared. only begotten son. Yes. How much love where he would give the whole world while we were yet sinners. Yet he died. Christ died. Christ died. Yes. God gave us love before we even needed it. Yeah. And he gave us that agape love. He gave us the ultimate love first so that we can experience the, 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 the love of God, but we can experience these lesser forms of love so that when the real love shows up, we'll recognize it. We'll recognize so it. So good. There comes a time in our lives, and I just, I mean, even with my, my, my brief stroke of death and of, of, of my, seeing what my life going before my eyes and, and going through what I went through, just I had to realize, what if I leave this earth? Well, it's going to be done. Yeah. But there's a love that God has placed in your heart. Yeah. It's going to go beyond the grave. Yes. As we said earlier, the grave is, there's no victory in that grave because there's going to be love that's going to be resurrected. Yeah. And that love that's going to be shed in our hearts yeah. through the Holy Spirit, we're going to be able to go forward yeah. and go heaven bound. Yes. God says, I love you so much that he died, yes. that he bore the cross, yes. that he bore the shame. Yes. That he went up until the uh, until Golgotha, yeah. he stood there fighting, yeah. bloody and beautiful, bloody and, and beautiful on the cross. Sake. Yes, but we sit down and we see that love will fight for us. And but win. at the end, love would win yes. for all of us. Hallelujah! 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 
And when I envision Jesus on that cross, I envision what Song of Solomon is saying. Yes. I got me, it moves me. I get emotional thinking about Jesus because he's saying, I love you this much. That death won't keep me from you. Right. I love you this much that I'll bear the marks in my body because you're worth it. Because this is what love, real love, this is what it looks like. It doesn't all, it's not a fat trip. It's not a fat angel that goes around with a harp and throws arrows. That's fake. That's the knockoff. Mm-hmm. God says, I'm bloody and I'm beautiful because I am going to make sure that you find your way back into my arms again. I'm going to make sure that you find your way back into my bosom. My heart has been set for you and your heart has been set for me. And just like Song of Solomon, I don't care what obstacles we go through, what tribulations we go through. We're set to be and meet together in the garden that I've prepared for you in Jesus Christ. You're going to meet there and we're going to embrace and no one's going to ever be able to separate us again. And he's preparing a table. He's preparing a table (laughs) in the presence of our enemies. Amen. So good. So good. Hallelujah. So good. Love fights and love wins. Amen. Love fights and love love wins. wins. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. You guys get something out of this today? Amen. Amen. If you will stand to your feet. You guys will stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Love, yeah, I just want to say real quick, love doesn't just talk a good game. Love walks the walk. And I love this song that we asked the Tira to sing today because that's what love does. Love came down and set me free. While I was yet in my sin, having a great old time. I mean, I didn't complain in my sin. There's a scripture in the Bible that God looked and he says, I found you in your blood. You were dying in your blood. Like that's the picture that the Lord saw us, the gravity of our sin, the, 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 the failing that we, I mean, there was nothing that we could do to save ourselves. And he said, I saw you in your blood, but I called you and I raised you up. Just like Gomer, there was nothing attractive about us in our sin. There was nothing attractive about our name. But yet he says, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to fight. I'm going to climb up any mountain. I'm going to kick down every wall. I'm going to reach through every generational curse. And I'm going to pull you out until you're in my arms again. And that's what love does. Love doesn't say, I love you. Love says, I love you and I will have you no matter what. And I'm so thankful for that love today. So thankful for the love of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you guys are here and maybe you haven't experienced that love of Christ, maybe you've called love something that you didn't really experience in your whole life. Maybe you've never experienced the love of of a father or a mother or or maybe you haven't experienced the kind of love that uh, you should have as a child but God said the love of the father will give to you he says here that I will bestow upon his people to be called the children of God 
And he's inviting you today to experience that love. And I, there's not any kind of love. I can't, I, can't, I can't talk to you about it. You have to experience it. The love of the Father comes from his heart. And that comes from Jesus Christ. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whomsoever should believe it on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Because he didn't come into this world to condemn it. But he came to give you life and life more abundantly. If you guys pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for this word that we heard today. And Lord, we ask that you will just open up our ears to hear your word and, and, and our hearts to receive what we, that you have for us today. God, I thank you right now. That only your spirit can teach us the things that we need to learn today. Lord, we even ask that we will just set aside those things that we think we know, but that by your spirit, you will teach us, show us, guide us, lead us into all truth. And Lord, today we say that we will receive the love of the Father through Jesus Christ. Lord, come into our hearts. We repent of our sins, Lord. Make us... Make us be your servants because you are our Savior. You are our Master and our Lord. And Lord, we say that we love you today. And the love that we may know right now, Lord, we, we know that there is a greater love that you have for us. Help us grow in that love. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Can you guys just let the words of this song just sing over you today? Almost like Hosea did when every time Gomer would come back, he'd just wash her with the word. He'd wash the world and all the fake and the phoniness of love off of her, and he'd give her the word of God, the truth. Just let these words ring over you today, just for a few minutes. Let's just stay where we are and let the Father love our hearts today. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. Now I am yours. I am forever yours. And mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours. I am forever yours. rescued me love came down and set me free now I am yours I am forever yours and mountain high or valley low I sing out remind my soul that I
rescued me. Love came down and set me free. Now I am yours. I am forever yours. And mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul. all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast, but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today, or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.